I want to invite you to join us for the first ever Bitcoin Business Owners Roundtable. On May 22nd, Paul D. Joe, co-founder and former COO at Mudwater, will be sharing about online marketing and using Bitcoin to accelerate your efforts. In addition to helping scale the well-known coffee alternative, Paul is also behind Casey Cattle's recent Bitcoin adoption that went viral on Twitter. After Paul shares, there'll be a live Q&A along with the time to share insights and network with fellow entrepreneurs. You can find a link in the show notes to sign up. Be sure you'll be able to say, I was there when your progeny asked you where you were for the first ever Bitcoin Business Owners Roundtable. Welcome to the Business Bitcoinization Show, the show dedicated to helping you enrich your life and grow your business with Bitcoin, the hardest money on planet Earth. I'm your host, Josh Friedemann, and our guest today is Lyle Pratt. He's the founder of Vita, which is a service that helps you to filter out all of the messages that are wasting your time, making sure you're getting higher quality communications while getting paid for it. And let me tell you, I reached out to Lyle using Vita to see if he'd be willing to share about Vita on this podcast. If you want to take it for a test run after this interview today, you can scroll on down and send me a message, my Vita link is down below. And of course, before we get to today's interview with Lyle, we do have this week's Bitcoin meetup spotlight. Sioux Falls Bitcoin runs a meetup out of, you guessed it, Sioux Falls, South Dakota. They prioritize connecting local Bitcoiners, providing education, and encouraging the use of Bitcoin as a currency. The Sioux Falls area is known for its entrepreneurial streak as well as a focus on independence and self-sufficiency, making it an ideal location for Bitcoin adoption. Sioux Falls Bitcoin meets at 8 p.m. on the second Monday of every month. Locations vary, but you can get more info by following them on Twitter at Sioux Falls BTC or by visiting SiouxFallsBitcoin.com. Their Twitter is listed below, along with a list of other local Bitcoin meetups across the U.S. To find one in your area, click through to the list. You can find the closest meetup to you as well as the best person to reach out to for more information. Now, we're going to get to our interview with Lyle right after this. Business owners, unlock the benefits Bitcoin has to offer your business with the Bitcoin for Business Quick Start Guide. This 27-page guide highlights the six ways you can grow your business with Bitcoin. Check it out in the show notes. Lyle, welcome to the podcast. Howdy. Hey, thanks for having me. So I like to start off every single interview with a few questions that help us to get to know you a little bit better and give us some insight for our own lives. Are you ready for these? Yeah, I'm ready. When and how did you first learn about Bitcoin? Yeah, um, you know, leading up to this, I was kind of going back to think about that. And um, I guess, the, <laughs> funnily enough, the, the first instance of Bitcoin I could find in my email and chat logs was from my dad back in 2010. And he was like, hey, uh, maybe you should do something for this hackathon you're going to uh, about Bitcoin. You know, it seems like it could, mm. it could take off. <laughs> And I, uh, I didn't, I didn't really uh, take him seriously and didn't do it. But uh, that was probably, you know, one of the first references I could find of uh, encountering Bitcoin and sort of thinking about it in a more serious context. But, you know, it's kind of one of those things you stumble upon it, you know, off and on over a few years. Um, in 2014, I built some box milk crate GPU miners. Um, you know, a few of those. And essentially we were mining altcoins with them, but we would auto swap to, you know, to Bitcoin in real time as the uh, coins were mined. So, you know, I did some of that in 2014 and held on to those. Um, I suppose I didn't really 
fall down the rabbit hole, the Bitcoin rabbit hole until late 2015, early 2016, after it sort of became apparent that MT Gox wasn't going to kill the whole ecosystem and, you know, Bitcoin was going to survive and, and not only survive, but thrive. And, um, you know, I suppose the rest is, the rest is history. So question number two is this, what's an insight or fact about Bitcoin you wish everyone understood? Yeah, I think, uh, I think if I had to boil this one down, it would be the fact that proof of work is the most efficient uh, method we have for, you know, doing something like Bitcoin. Uh, I think it would, you know, prevent people from going down these false narratives of the efficiency gains of proof of stake or, you know, even, you know, things like why you should use a blockchain and what, you know, a blockchain is actually useful for you know, or not. Um, I think if people understood that more, it would, it would, it would help out <laughs> a lot of the uh, broader narrative and, and a lot of the FUD, you know, we deal with every day when it comes to politicians and things like that. Question number three, what's the Bitcoin resource you most recommend to other people? Yeah, I think, uh, I think this one kind of depends, uh, depending on who I'm talking to. You know, sometimes I recommend, uh, well, thank God for Bitcoin, which I'm one of the authors of, uh, with Jimmy Song and Breed Love and, you know, George and Jordan, you know, and the whole group, um, you know, especially if they come from maybe a, a faith background or, or maybe they're more interested in sort of, you know, or maybe they have this idea that Bitcoin and money and everything about it is sort of immoral and, you know, only useful for, you know, greed or, or things like that. You know, I'll recommend thank God for Bitcoin. Uh, sometimes if, if I think the person just needs like a podcast, I recommend the, uh, the first uh, podcast in Preston Pish's Bitcoin Basics with with mm. Breedlove. I think that's an excellent intro into sort of the, I don't know, the deeper concepts of, of Bitcoin. Um, and then, you know, if they really want some meat to grab onto, then, you know, perhaps the Bitcoin standard. Question number four, beyond Bitcoin, what's the resource or idea that's been valuable to you or your business recently? Yeah, I, I, I'm going to go with the idea with an idea for this. And, and I think the idea is that there is this massive shift in the broader economy toward the creator economy and, and the broadening of the creator economy. And I think, you know, everything we've seen with COVID, you know, the shift to remote work, um, you know, and, and everything that that brought. I think it's it's making it apparent that there's lots of individual talent and creators in the world and people have sort of realized that now that they're not tethered to this physical place, you know, perhaps their skills are not tethered in, in terms of the marketability of their skills and it's leading toward this explosion of sort of individual creator talent, whether that's like streamers or you know contract you know programmers or contract marketing or whatever i think that is going to be, continue to become a big theme in the economy in the broad economy and i think if you're building a business today especially an online business you have to be aware of that shift because it's going to it's going to influence every customer that you come across because every every customer is going to sort of be a creator in their own way and our final question, we call it our arbitrary but insightful question, and it's this. As a general life principle, is it better to ask why or why not? Yeah, you know, this is a this is an interesting question. I guess I, I've always sort of been a fan of the old saying, you know, it's better to, to ask forgiveness than permission <laughs> in a lot of uh, yeah. contexts in life. 
you know, clearly that can get you in trouble. But, you know, a lot of people would do better by asking why less and just asking, you know, why not more. But I think, uh, you know, part of becoming someone who is trained to identify asymmetric opportunities, sort of that they encounter in their lives, opportunities where the gain is high and the risk is low. Ultimately, you need to understand a lot of the why in order to be able to sort of quickly spot those those patterns where it makes sense to just say, hey, screw it, why not? Let's do it. So, mm-hmm. you know, I guess why not is more action-based and why is more conceptual or understanding-based. Meet Linkster, your premier Bitcoin-focused advisor. Linkster caters to businesses, institutions, family offices, and high-net-worth individuals. They merge your unique financial goals and needs with Linkster's Bitcoin expertise to craft your own sustainable plan to preserve and grow the value of your hard-earned profits and retained earnings. And Linkster is not just advice. It's tailored execution. Connect directly with the founder by visiting Linkster.com. That's L-Y-N-C-S-T-E-R. Linkster, secure your future with Bitcoin. Today's episode of Business Bitcoinization is proudly brought to you by Vellus Commerce, where the future of business technology meets Bitcoin. As we journey through the era of Bitcoin and its transformational impact on businesses, there's one name that stands out. Vellus Commerce. Whether you're looking to build a cutting-edge website, a seamless mobile app, or custom software, Vellus is your go-to team. They've been diving deep into the world of Bitcoin since 2014, making them one of the most experienced groups for integrating Bitcoin and Lightning payments into a variety of digital platforms. But here's what truly sets them apart. Vellus Commerce doesn't just build. They bring a wealth of knowledge to ensure your project success from day one. Their team understands the nuances of Bitcoin, ensuring that your business stays ahead of the curve. And for all business Bitcoinization listeners out there, Vellus Commerce is offering a free consultation to kickstart your project the right way. So if you're ready to future-proof your business in the coming age of hyper-Bitcoinization, head over to VellusCommerce.com or reach out on Twitter at Vellus Commerce. Let's make sure your business thrives in the Bitcoin era. So Lyle, we're here today to talk about your new business, Vita. Could you share with us a little bit about the the concept behind Vita and maybe how you got to this point? I know you have a, a career in tech. You have a, a long background with being at least aware of Bitcoin and as far as your involvement in the space 2014 onward. So you're familiar with the space. Why Vita? Why now? Yeah. Why Vita? Uh, well, you know, I guess to boil it down, the Lightning Network exists now. You know, uh, I guess back in 2018, uh, I was actually working on a, a project inside a very large telecom network to use machine learning to identify fraud and spam in the network faster. <laughs> you know, because uh, basically, fraud and spam in a telecom network is an extremely costly thing uh, for the for the network operator and. You know, uh, I was spending a lot of time trying to sort of build tools and build a team, really, to build tools to spot these trends, you know, and traffic patterns flowing across the network. And, you know, it was very difficult. And it became uh, pretty apparent that, hey, if we could just settle the value of this this traffic before it even traversed the network, as it traversed the network, then a lot of this fraud and spam would go away. And at the time, that's when the Lightning Network was kind of becoming a you know, a real thing, not just a paper. And um, that's when I kind of started thinking about the implications of being able to settle the value of people talking together one-on-one or messaging each other, you know, one-to-one in real time. 
And, you know, uh, once you, once your brain sort of becomes, starts going down that rabbit hole, you begin to realize, well, you know, this has much more profound implications because if you can settle the value of the traffic in real time, then you can have individual prices for the network destinations. And ultimately, what are these network destinations? They're people like you and me who are, you know, answering phone calls or responding to text messages. So, um, you know, that kind of started me down this process. And, and basically, it's like, okay, if you can let anyone set their own price for their time and attention, and you can settle the value of it in real time, and the monetary aspect of the network and, you know, is open, anybody can sort of build tools to connect into the network, it sort of uh, became obvious to me that somebody needed to, you know, build an application to begin to facilitate some of these use cases. So, you know, Vita today is pretty simple. It's a it's an app where you can set a price to receive a phone call or a text message or uh, to watch a live stream. And, uh, you know, there's a lot more coming down the pipes, a lot more tools to monetize your time or monetize the attention of your, your audience. But that's where it is today. So maybe for a second, could you just name drop a little bit, explain to people who's on Vita so far? Because it's been a pretty impressive lineup you've been able to get in the early days of this service. Yeah, um, you know, I've had a, a lot of really awesome folks uh, sign up and help me test. You know, I, I, I'm calling it an alpha product right now. I've built, you know, the whole thing myself uh, thus far. So, you know, it's pretty rough around the edges, but I've been, I've been, uh, Lucky to have folks like Jack Dorsey, uh, you know, signed up, uh, Jesse Powell, the founder of Kraken, uh, Jimmy Song, Robert Breedlove, Jack Maulers, uh, you know, a lot of cool people that have signed up and set a rate on the price of their, you know, their time. Uh, you know, you can log in with your Twitter account and send Jack Dorsey a message uh, right now if you want to, uh, which is pretty, you know, it's <laughs> honestly, I didn't expect to get you know, such interest uh, so quickly, but, you know, I'm thankful for it. So, you know, if you, if you're, if you're listening today, it's as simple as logging in with your Twitter account, you know, give it a shot. Yeah. It says Vita.live. If you go there, you can see on the front page, some top names in the space, including Jack Dorsey, the founder of Twitter and Square. And this might be some of the, the, the cheapest ways to get in contact with some of these people early on. So, so don't uh, don't be laggards here. There, there are people who have uh, you know significant prices that they've set on their their time on on Vita so far. But some of these, it's it's very affordable to get in contact with some top people. So maybe could you take us through some of the ways you've used Vita so far, and then maybe we can take some time to talk about how business owners can be thinking about using this either now or in the future. Yeah, um, I mean you know today it's it's real simple. You know if you have uh, an audience or um, you know, people that are frequently wanting to reach out to you and, you know, you don't have any way to filter their interests or, or filter, you know, the, I guess I would generally say the signal from the noise, you know, Vita is a good tool for you to use because, you know, ultimately price is the filter for, you know, the entire world economy when it comes to signal and noise. And that's why, you know, our current, our current monetary system is so messed up because the price filters are so, are so messed up. But with Vita, you know, you can be very explicit and say, hey, if you want to talk to me on the phone about anything, this is how much it's going to cost you. And I'm happy and willing, you know, to talk to you at that rate. Same thing for a message. If you want to send me a message, if you want to make my phone vibrate, if you want to distract me, this is the cost. Um, and Vita even has built-in tools, 
you know, to facilitate things like that. Like we have an, an automatic uh, Twitter autoresponder. So you can click a button and turn it on. And if somebody sends, sends you a Twitter DM, it sends them a message and says, hey, you know, I don't often check my non-follower DMs inbox, but if you really want to get my attention, you can click this link and, you know, send me a message for a few sats. Uh, so if you're, if you're a business today, the product is probably, you know, going to be um, less useful for you today than it will be tomorrow because, you know, your use case will need to sort of fit into those, uh, those tools. But I can totally see use cases in the future where, you know, let's say a business wants to have a premium customer support line. And instead of just, you know, putting off hiring phone support forever because it's costly and, and, you know, it requires hiring people and businesses oftentimes, you know, have a hard time justifying that cost. Uh, perhaps you should, you know, start with Vita today, you know, actually have a, a paid person to, to handle your support. And it's just cost whatever the nominal fee is to, uh, to be able to support, you know, that, that support person. And maybe you should, you know, start immediately and have the time valued as it should be out of the box. But, you know, later there's going to be a lot of other tools for streamers and for stream monetization and things like that, that businesses might find appealing as well. I'm curious about what you've seen so far. This is probably something that a lot of Bitcoin connected businesses, especially the kind of pay to play sounds like a, a bad way of, of saying it. But when you're when you're paying for value, it's a little bit harder to sell people on that because people are used to things seeming free. Now, in our current setup, oftentimes we are experiencing costs, we just don't realize them. Inflation is a great example of this. But what do you think about the transition of getting people used to paying for value in the moment as opposed to having that value maybe uh, stolen from them in more silent ways? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I think it's an interesting transition. And I think it's going to be a big part of this transition into the broader creator economy, you know, which I, I think another, another way to say that the creator economy is the value for value economy. And I know that's sort of a, a rising um, topic in Bitcoin spaces. You know, like there's the Fountain podcasting app, uh, which is a value for value app. I would say Vita is a value for value, you know, app as well. Um, but you're right. Like people are used to free. They're used to having their time and attention indirectly monetized by third parties. If I had to restate that in a different way, like we use Twitter, we use Facebook, Facebook is literally monetizing our time and attention to offer you this free service. But the consequences of that are infinite spam bots. <laughs> the consequences of that are, you know, training people to do this infinite scroll thing, you know, to increase the, the attention and the time spent looking at these advertisements. So I think there's, you know, we're already beginning to see cracks in, in that business model. And I think Lightning is going to expand those cracks because we're going to get more applications and products and services that uh, more directly create the content creator, which is an individual like you, uh, with the content consumer like me. And as we more directly connect these people, the value flowing between these people is going to become more direct. And I think that happens out of necessity because, you know, if you think about it, traditionally podcasts are monetized through ads, right? Maybe pre-roll ads or things like that. But already the podcast advertising space is uh, 
much more fragmented than the advertising space on on you know broader internet websites like Twitter. And the reason is because the content producers are more disaggregated and decentralized. So it's more difficult for a big ad network like Google's ad network, you know, to to essentially monopolize all of the ad space, the quote unquote ad space, you know, on on all of this disaggregated podcast content. So it's it's beginning to sort of force these creators to approach and, and to try out new monetization tools because it's hard to have advertisements unless you have scale. And so I think it's going to naturally sort of trend toward this uh, value for value economy. I think if you have a business, I guess to wrap it up, if you have a business um, you know, that you perhaps an investor in, maybe a stock that is utterly dependent upon ad spending, I think over the next decade, those businesses are going to become more difficult. Now, I'm curious about well, a couple things come to mind as you've just uh, been speaking. First of all, you mentioned that the Vita is sort of an alpha mode right now. Is there any cost for using Vita? I'm, I'm assuming that you have some costs that you need to cover. What does that look like as far as the monetization for your business and the cost for using either sending or receiving in addition to whatever the set cost is for the person you're trying to reach out to? Yeah, so there's no like, um, you know, you don't have to pay a fee to start using Vita or to sign up for Vita. Essentially, Vita takes a cut of the value flowing through the network. By default, if you sign up today, uh, the default rate is a 20% cut. But the reason for that is because by default, you have a custodial account. So in other words, Vita is holding the sats that you put into a wallet, you know, to, to use to send. And, you know, there's there's underlying costs for doing that. And also, I don't really want to encourage people to use the custodial product. So I, I have another way to connect your own Lightning node or to use uh, something like Strike as your wallet behind your Vita account. And if you if you do either one of those, then the fees are cut to 10%. And you know, I'm totally sure that if you're a creator that's doing a lot of volume, then those are going to get compressed uh, more over time as well. But yeah, I mean, essentially, it's, it's pretty basic. If you're using Vita to monetize your time or to send somebody a message, then Vita takes a cut of the value traversing through the network because we're facilitating the communication. You mentioned creators, creator economy, value for value. I'm curious when it comes to, I guess, you know, you can sort of self-select if you're a creator. You're someone that people are trying to get in contact with. You're getting a lot of spam. You're, you're not getting a lot of high-quality messages you want to increase that just sign up for vita and i'm a little bit curious about the the ceo side of things like the the leader of an organization is their vita account is that something they could put like on their their linkedin their twitter and say hey this is the place to contact me now instead of my twitter linkedin inbox instead of maybe even going to my secretary go to vita instead is that is that how people should be thinking about it if they're a business owner want to cut down that noise Sure, absolutely. I mean, if you're getting too much unsolicited inbound communication, right, the problem, the underlying reason why you're getting that unsolicited inbound communication is because there's no price to send it to you, right? Ultimately, the reason why you get spam calls on your phone all day is because it costs nothing to send the call to your phone. You know, Um, I think that you know, the same is true for a LinkedIn message. The same is true for, you know, a Twitter message. The same is true for an SMS message. So, you know, I guess the big picture goal for Vita is to 
let people introduce a price filter into their, you know, into communication with them. The, the problem, you know, is a lot more visceral. Um, you know, the, the more of a following you have, or the more of a, uh, you know, sort of a set of people in the outside world that are trying to get your attention. You know, a CEO is a great example, uh, you know, an Instagram influencer, a streamer, an athlete, um, you know, a well-known professional, all these people have lots of people that are trying to access their time, but there's no price filter to segregate the, the signal from the noise. What have you noticed as far as price goes? Maybe you don't have a large enough population to gauge this yet. Some people, if you look even on the front page, Vita.live, some people have a really high price, some people have a really low price. Any any recommendations on how to value that if you're leading an organization and want to cut down on the noise but don't want to just totally eliminate business opportunities and things yeah. like that? Yeah, I mean, you know, um, ultimately, you know, everyone is sovereign over the price of their own time on Vita, um, you know, and I'm not going to recommend someone <laughs> set their rate. However, I guess I would say, you know, you can always start low and, you know, increase it as you go. I mean, here's the thing. If you're getting contacted too much on Vita, what is the answer? Increase your rate, right? That's on Vita. There is no span because all the communication that, you know, hits your phone on Vita is communication that at the rate that you have set. So if you're getting too much of it, it's not that it's spam, it's that you need to increase your rate uh, to essentially, you know, make the filter a little more fine. So it filters a little more of the noise out and gives you more signal. So, you know, you can start at whatever rate you want, increase it as you go. And then I don't want to get into the weeds too much, but I'm sort of curious. Let's say someone's, uh, you know, let's say you're a CEO. Someone sends a message to you. You read the message, and does it cost for you to respond, or how how does it work for the person on the yeah. receiving end? Yeah, that's a great question. So uh, messages are a little bit unique in that if somebody sends you a message, it starts what's called a, a conversation, and mm -hmm. uh, you are free to respond in the conversation if you didn't initiate it. So if somebody initiated the conversation with you, it's still going to cost them money to continue to send you messages, but you can respond for free. And at any point, either of the parties can close the conversation you know, to sort of reset that dynamic. Uh, also, the conversations will expire after about a month currently is what the setting is. Okay. The person reaching out to you continues to pay, but you don't pay to respond. And the last thing on, on this line of thinking, I'm curious about whether or not you've thought about what this would look like within an organization. Because unfortunately, this is probably coming from the top down rather than the bottom up. But there are so many times that you get emails that you just don't need or you know just all sorts of communications have you thought about what it would look like to use this inside of an organization is that a possibility or would that be too i don't know I, i'd just be curious to know your thoughts on that yeah i think i think there's a ton of opportunity you know to expand more into that use case over time uh you know for example i could see companies wanting to you know, you know, be able to set the rates for uh, employees in their organization, you know, in certain contexts. So imagine they're using Vita as a, you know, a support tool, you know, a paid support tool. And an organization might want to be able to control the rate for sort of a subset of users that are receiving calls for a specific topic. So there are things like that. I could see, you know, situations where, um, you know, um, you need to be able to hand a conversation off. You know, so there's a lot of 
sort of deep business UX things that could be built on top of that. You know, how much um, we delve into that in the Vita product in the near term, you know, is, is up for debate. Um, you know, there's a lot of great tools out there already for handling, you know, business messaging conversations. Uh, you know, and I, I don't really think that it makes a, a ton of sense for Vita to sort of compete on that use case, but perhaps, you know, Vita should integrate, you know, into those systems instead. So that's mm-hmm. sort of how I would think about it. So this is this is best used for someone uh, public facing. So to your point earlier, a creator or a CEO who's getting inbound from people beyond the organization. Yeah, I'd say so. Um, you know, today, you know, I don't really plan on Vita to compete. You know, like with things like Signal. So you know, perhaps you know, you receive a message from someone, you get the conversation started, you sort of understand the reason for you know continu- continuing the conversation, and if you you know, want to sort of move the convo outside of the context of Vita and its paid messaging system, you know, you can always give them your, you know, your signal or your real phone number or whatever you need. But, you know, for now, I think Vita is is focused on sort of this initial outreach inbound communication. Well, before we finish up, I'd love to hear anything that you're willing to share about uh, things that are in the near term future developments for Vita that people can be expecting in case they may not have the, the large following that would make sense right now for a creator, but they're thinking about how can I use Vita in the future? What are some things you're thinking about developing and have maybe in development already? Yeah, I think uh, one of the big things coming down the pipes is uh, more streamer monetization tools. So, you know, today, you can receive a phone call, um, you know, at your rate. You can just receive a message at your rate. You can stream through the, the Vita platform itself. So somebody will need to pay whatever your rate is to watch the stream on Vita. But there's tons of content creators, you know, who are creating video podcasts or maybe they're just streaming video and they need ways to monetize their audiences as well that are not necessarily consuming the content on the Vita platform. And so Vita is going to offer quite a few monetization tools. Essentially, I I guess I would describe it as a uh, QR code that is overlaid on top of your streams, whether those are live or pre-recorded. And if anybody scans uh, the QR with any phone, it doesn't have to be, you know, a Bitcoin wallet or something like that. Just any QR scanner. They can pay to, for example, post a live message on your stream. Or uh, if they they scan it after the fact, like maybe it was a pre-recorded podcast, they're they're going to get brought to a page specifically to start a conversation with you, which is another way to sort of you know monetize an audience after the fact. Maybe somebody has a question about a podcast, and it sort of keeps it front and center uh, on their minds, you know, as they're consuming your video content. So I think that's going to be a uh, a very useful tool for for creators with existing audiences or for creators who are building new audiences with video content. Well, Lyle, I'd love for you to share any final thoughts as well as places for people to go. We've already mentioned it throughout this episode, but places for people to go if they want to check out Vita and stay up to date with its latest developments. Yeah, uh, Vita.live is the is the web address. You can sign in with a Twitter profile. It's super simple. You can find me on Twitter at, at Lyle Pratt, L-Y-L-E-P-R-A-T-T. And uh, Vita's account is at Vita is live. But yeah, you know, give it a shot. Try it out. You know, the app has been live for, I guess, uh, about a month and a half now, you know, maybe a little over that. So it's still very early. You know, if you encounter issues or if you have suggestions, you know, hit me up. Um, you know, I'm kind of shifting more into building out the 
the broader core team, but still slinging some code every day. So let me know if you find something. All right, Lyle, thank you so much for your time today. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, thank you. Sure appreciate it. All right, friends, it's a wrap. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Business Bitcoinization Show. If you want to reach out, our email is info at bizbitshow.com. Also, if you haven't done so yet, go ahead and scroll on down to the show notes. There you'll find ways to connect with me and our guest, as well as our excellent sponsors who can help you succeed in your life and in your business. Keep building, keep growing, and until next time, keep living and leading well. If you're a regular listener of the podcast, thank you. If you want to take a further step in your support for the show, you can help us grow by listening on Fountain, a value-for-value podcast app on iOS or Android. If you hear something you like that you disagree with or anything else, you can share it by sending some sats and adding a comment with your thoughts. Some of you have already done this, and I appreciate it. I'm going to begin reading your boosts on upcoming episodes, so if you have some insight or value to add, let the people know. Getting started with Fountain is easy. You can add Bitcoin to your Fountain wallet by using your fiat accounts or any lightning wallet and one of my favorite features is that once you're using the app you can earn sats just by listening on fountain check out the link in the show notes to get started with fountain today